of Tombstone Minute, your podcast where we discuss, have a conversation about the movie Tombstone, minute by minute. I'm your host, Rob, and joined by my good friend, Opinionated Joe. (laughs) I'm a cowboy. Joined here by whatever the hell your name was. Ransom McCree. I absolutely refuse to acknowledge that. Uh, What we're going to talk about is uh, the minute where Johnny Tyler uh, shows up again. We thought he was gone, but he's back, and uh, we find out that uh, Doc is in town. Yes. Our good friend Doc Holliday. This is, this is, in my opinion, where the movie really, really gets going. Because oh. Wyatt and Doc, they're the two, they're, that's why we watch, right? Yes. Um, their friendship is the driver to this entire movie. Um. So let's jump into it. Uh, Johnny Tyler gets the gun, and but before before that happens, I want to point out one thing. The scene has a fantastic uh, Morgan line that you can barely hear. Do you know Do you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> I, uh, not off the top of my head, but I <laughs> okay. I'm so really excited to hear it. They're walking back, and um, and, and oh wait, no, I, them, I, I, hey, know I know what you're talking about. I know what you're talking about. Wider tells him, hey, we got 25%. <laughs> and first off, I love how, like, he's like, we got it. Because as far as I can understand, we never see Virgil or Morgan do anything in that place at that table. It's always – I'm pretty sure it's always Wyatt. So I don't know what we is involved. Wyatt is a very nice – the nepotism runs wild in this family. But he um, is very nice to include him in on this business deal. Especially but, Morgan. <laughs> Offline, you just sort of hear Morgan go, "You're the one, Wyatt." <laughs> yeah. Oh, if I'd have died for every time someone said that to me, "You're the one, Wyatt." You're um, the one. <laughs> and then, good friend Johnny Tyler shows up, and uh, let's play a little alternate history here, Joe. Okay. In the movie, Doc Holliday says, "Hey, Johnny Tyler, you mad cap." What happens if Doc Holliday isn't there? Ah, so uh, hmm, interesting. So, you know, Johnny Tyler shows up behind him with a shotgun. The Earp brothers have no idea he's there from what we can tell. I Do you really, really think that in these few minutes, Johnny Tyler worked up legitimate courage? Well, okay, we've brought up Deadwood many times in the past, and... It has echoes of when Buffalo Bill was mocking. Um, yes, I can't remember his name. Can you? Yeah, but that's that's historically true. And uh, then he comes back and shoots him in the back. Yep. Um, hmm. This is why I really think the mistake Wyatt made was pulling him by that ear. I think if he doesn't pull him out by the ear, Johnny Tyler doesn't go get that shotgun. Well, I mean, it worked out for him, but but uh, it's all moot, right? It's all yeah. moot because Doc Holliday saves a day, which happens a lot in this movie. That's a really good counterfactual that you brought up there. Um, so Doc, uh, I think the full line is "Why Johnny Tyler, you madcap," which is a delight. Yeah, that's great. Um, and then Johnny has no idea at that point. He also realizes that it's wide Earp. <laughs> which he doesn't know, which apparently it is only the bums that go to the Oriental because no one there knows who Wyatt Earp is. 
because well, the bartender didn't know. No, the bartender did not know him either. Yeah. Well, I yep. guess why would you know him by Johnny his face Tyler. though? I don't know. Um, he's a famous dude. But so there'd be like what drawings of him? I don't know. Like when he got off the uh, train, that, that U.S. Marshal knew who he was, and John Beam knew who he was right away. Well, doesn't everybody in the web industry know who you are by your face? I mean, they're working <laughs> yes. in the same um, the same field. Good point. Good point. Um, I'm just saying the people at the Oriental don't read the newspaper. That's all I'm saying. Just the bummers <laughs> and, and, and the dregs. Let me also add, um, our listeners are shocked that you work on the web right now. <laughs> yeah, they wouldn't believe it. <laughs> they're like, what? No way. <laughs> um, so no one in Oriental knows who Wyatt is. Um, and, uh, and there's also this moment that kind of I don't like. And it's when Johnny Tyler's like, oh, I didn't know you were back in town. Yeah, so so Doc had been there before? That's what that implies, but I don't think he had. At least in the movie doesn't outside of this line, they don't act like Johnny T- I mean, they don't act like Doc Holliday like hung out in Tombstone a lot. It, this whole like be, first half hour of this movie is essentially like reunions of cowboys getting together. Yeah. Um Now, did you also note uh, so you mentioned already that he's he is carrying a shotgun, and I mentioned in the last episode the sort of like phallic um, nature of why taking his gun and having it hung up on top of the bar like a trophy, and that was just a, a small revolver. You'll yeah. notice that Johnny Tyler comes back with a much larger gun, and so then do attempt you... to reassert his manhood. And also, um, I'm assuming that that shotgun was was in his. Um in his horse or saddle or somewhere, right? I don't know. He's like in that little brief glimpse you get from him. He's walking from kind of far away. He might yeah. be coming from his hotel or apartment or wherever. But Maybe yeah, the parking's know. really tough to, <laughs> really hard to find parking. Oh, you can't get a spot yeah, anywhere sort of... near the Oriental. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Wherever I park, just the cattle end up coming through and messing up my horse. Or maybe they just put the employee lot really far away. Someone keyed my horse last night. <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay, I, I, um, okay, I'm sorry if I interrupted you, but no, I, go ahead. I, I had a question for you. Okay. So, um, when, when our good, like our, our besties, Doc and Wyatt meet, um, Wyatt asks him how he's doing and Doc's like, why I am rolling. Yeah. And then kind of leans forward and I'm like, <laughs> that's such a great line. So I was wondering, uh. What's your go-to response when people ask ask you how you're doing? Um, I is it, is it an unpredictable affair, or do you just kind of give a standard response? My standard response would be probably fine or good, but I do notice that what I say, if I'm the one initiating contact with someone, like if I walk by and I see someone, or I'm like sort of what I would say, maybe I'm just inspired by the Eagles, but I like to say take it easy. So as a as a goodbye, or you say you're taking it easy? No, or? as a goodbye, I, I use take it easy. I'll take it easy. I I think I probably say that pretty often too, actually myself. Um, but normally I'm I'm not a great conversationalist if I'm like what? throwing yeah <laughs> if I'm thrown off and someone's like how you doing fine how are you like I'll just I'll me I'm the mirror guy I'll just mirror back whatever they you're said mirror right? guy like okay yeah what do you do um so I I I. Th- if I'm, I, I'd say about 60% of the time, I say I'm doing well, which is what 
you're supposed to say because you can't be doing good. Yeah. Doing well. Well, you can be doing good if you're actually good. doing good. Yeah, but I'm never doing good. Yeah. Um, so, so it's usually like, doing well, how are you? And then immediately breaking eye contact and looking at the floor and continuing yeah. to walk. That is my standard response. <laughs> um, sometimes I'll just say fine and I won't even ask how they're doing. <laughs> and, and I, uh, this was in a, a Drew McGarry uh column from a, a week or two ago i think and and someone asked like when there's i don't know if in your place of work there's any long hallways but in my school there's an extremely long hallway so you can see one person walking towards you then you're walking their way and the question is like when do you start saying something oh yeah it's like it's like when do you when do you uh how long do you hold a door open that's that's another a similar thing right yeah um all right Let's go back to holding the door. But yeah, so so can we both safely say we're not don't answer it as smoothly and as coolly as Doc does? No. I mean we maybe we should just start saying that. To say first off, we have to remember their name, which we probably won't. And then to say, I'm rolling. That sounds like you're drunk or on drugs though. Well, he probably is. That's true. I I can say that as a as an educator who is certainly not respected despite what our website says. Uh <laughs> I I'm uh, clearly because of the power dynamic, uh, much sillier around uh, my students. So I do I do sometimes do that little bow forward when answering that question. Sure. And I can uh, confirm to our listeners that 16 year olds find that extremely odd, and I find it extremely entertaining. So uh, if you're ever encountering some unruly teens, put a little dock in your step and. Uh, See what happens. I think putting a little dock in your step is just good to do in general in life. Fair. YOLO, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, I think I should just answer back whenever someone asks how I'm doing is just say, only suckers buck the tiger. Yeah. Uh, which well, is... I uh, actually know. I, I think that will get you committed in short order. <laughs> or they're going to assume you're, you're on opium. Or that's a dragon, which isn't it? Which is what uh, Wyatt says about Pharaoh. He is not we, – we find out, once again, that they have 25% of the take. Yeah. And uh, Doc is not a fan of Pharaoh. And oh, he's a poker guy. He's a poker guy. So I did some research. I'm going to uh, I'm gonna read these couple paragraphs from uh, historical record Wikipedia uh, about Pharaoh. Uh, an 1882 study considered Pharaoh to be the most popular form of gambling – surpassing all other forms combined in terms of money wagered each year, which is pretty remarkable. Um, the Pharaoh game was also called Bucking the Tiger or Twisting the Tiger's Tail, a reference to early card backs that featured a drawing of a Bengal tiger. By the mid-19th century, the tiger was so commonly associated with the game that gambling districts where Pharaoh was popular became known as Tiger Town, or in the case of smaller venues, Tiger Alley. Some gambling houses would simply hang a picture of a tiger in their windows to advertise that a game could be played there. Yeah, which is uh, kind of a missed opportunity because in the Oriental they have a stuffed cougar behind yeah. like, that you can see. That would explain the it then, wouldn't it? Well, that's not a tiger, though. That's a... Ah, it's, you don't. People in the Old West haven't seen a tiger. That's good enough. No, no, it's not. So. This paragraph, this continues on Wikipedia. I enjoy this next line. 
Farrell's detractors regarded it as a dangerous scam that destroyed families and reduced men to poverty because of rampant rigging of the dealing box. Yeah, and we talked a little bit about ways to cheat in an earlier podcast. Yep, Um, and apparently crooked ferry equipment was so popular that many sporting house companies began to supply gaffed dealing boxes specifically designed so that the bankers could cheat their players. I say we bring it back. And it even says that uh, cheating was prevalent enough that editions of Hoyle's Rules of Game begin their feral section, warning readers that not a single honest feral bank could be found in the United States. God bless America. Um, and so uh, it became scarce after World War II. So, I mean, this is like huge for like 40 years. Yeah. And then gone. And apparently it was continued to be played at a few Las Vegas and Reno casinos through 1985. You could buck the tiger in the early 80s. Well, if any of our listeners know where you can still, if uh, of a place where you can still play this game, that might be uh, a nice opportunity for a Tombstone Minute road trip. Oh, yeah. I would would try it. Unless Um, the place that where it is sucks, then we're not going there. But (laughs) (laughs) so. That's all I have on this minute, Joe. Yeah, well, I listeners, uh, they can look forward to our most emasculating moment next episode, right? Oh, God. Yep, tomorrow. Tomorrow we do that. The sad thing is I have a few, and I have to choose one. That's the <laughs> worst part. I have to decide I have to decide which time was the most emasculating that I want to share yeah. on a podcast. I mean, I don't know everything about you, obviously, but I... I know a few of your great stories, and that, and there's two I have in mind, and I'm curious to see if one of them. I don't know which one it'll be. Maybe those or are neither. Maybe there's a dark horse. You don't even know. Uh, well, All I know right. you don't like horses, so that can't be. <laughs> dark fish. Maybe there's a dark fish. <laughs> All right. We'll be back tomorrow with another episode of Tombstone Minute. All right. Take care, everybody.